Hey everyone, welcome to Lessons with Mike, episode five. I'm here with a very special guest, a local hero who once saved a group of amputees from a burning hospital. It's Mr. Landon. I once pulled one amputee out of a burning building, but okay, yes. You know <laughs> what they say, good. they say the truth is always better than the real truth. So that's what we're here to do. <laughs> but anyway, Landon is here of his own free will. He's not tied to a chair with zip ties or duct tape. He 100% agreed to be here to talk about pool noodles with me today. Isn't that right? That is correct. I'm not here against my will. He definitely agreed to give me the keys out as soon as I finish this podcast. Uh -huh. That's definitely not coercion either. All right. So who's excited for pool noodles? I am. All right. Ready? Three, two, one. Noodles. So when do you think pool noodles were invented? Because when I was doing research, I thought, man, pool noodles, they're like the dinosaurs. They're the one constant of life. But it turns out I was wrong. Oh, yes. Uh, they were invented in 1980 by two gentlemen in Canada. That's I mean, that's correct. Yes. I, I did a brief Wikipedia search before we started this. You see, that's the problem because you weren't supposed to do that. Oh, You're supposed bad. to be stupid. Yes. Oh, well, sorry. That was that was my problem. <laughs> that's all right. We, we will have Samantha fix this in post. Yes. Okay. Wait. We'll retry it. You tell me again. I'm going to act surprised. Okay. Pool noodles were originally called the water woggle. Oh, I didn't read that on Wikipedia. Yeah, I know you didn't because you weren't supposed to. <laughs> but yeah, the early 1980s, and they were used for flotation, support. And you might not know this part, but uh, when the guy first went to stores and tried to sell them, the stores were like, what is this? And he said, oh, it's a pool noodle. Only he didn't call it that. And they said, well, what do you do with it? You just kind of throw it in the pool. And they all thought it was really stupid. I mean, I, I guess I would see it the same way. Uh, I did also know that the pool noodle was originally not a pool noodle. It That's was, right. The material that was used to make it was just used for uh, industrial, uh, what's it called? Whenever you keep hot things hot. Insulation. Insulation yeah, is insulation. a good word for it. Something we could really that. use in this room. Yes, we could. It is freezing. We will have Daryl from HR get on that. Yes, which might I again say thank you for having this wonderful uh, office space that you've rented out for us. It cost me three toes to rent it for just an hour, and we've already used up two of those. So we really have to wrap this up. Those sponsors are really coming through, though. Yes. Shout out to... Jeff Bezos. I don't believe Jeff Bezos has sponsored us. If, if he did, that is news to me that I welcome. I welcome the support of the rich people. Um, I do want you all to know that if you're listening... Um, I do plan on eating you all one day. Not me personally, but as a society. Does that make sense? No. This is like a catchphrase, you know, eat the rich. Oh. It's like a phrase people say. Oh, I definitely get it now. No, it's not, it's not, <laughs> it's, it's not like we're really cannibals. It's just a phrase. I've never heard this phrase. You've never heard people, I'm eat gonna the eat rich, you one day. eat the rich. I've never heard this. Oh, it's a thing people say when they're at protests. Is it to get their power? <laughs> what is Jeff Bezos's power? Being bald? Uh, he got, he has one day shipping. Wait a minute, take off your hat. Okay. Oh, buddy, you're not Jeff Bezos. I'm not. You no. don't have his power. That's why you have to. But eat now him. that I take off my glasses. Well, you're a different person. <laughs> not I, Jeff Bezos, still. You're still not Jeff Bezos. Now my friend the nanny. Brandon Annie. Fran the nanny. Fran the nanny. It's not important. From the show, the nanny. Oh, okay. Anyway, yes. back to the news. <laughs> so. Pool noodles are, I have the exact measurements right here. Pool noodles are, how long would you guess they are? Six feet. That's surprisingly close. 5.25 feet. 
Okay, well, that's not quite six feet. but It's a little less, but, you know, if anyone ever asks you, it's close enough. Listen, if you take a few inches off, I mean, people the, notice. The effect, it still gets the job done, honestly. Well, I mean, it's a little smaller, so. I mean, I mean, have you had a lot of experiences with things that are six feet? Yes. Wow, wow. <laughs> anyway, how... Oh, you said feet. Yes, Sorry. feet. Never mind, not feet. <laughs> Millimeters? No, not millimeters. I don't know what's smaller than millimeters. Inches. No, inches is. Oh yeah, what was I saying? So, how wide would you guess the diameter of the little circle of the pool noodle is? The little circle. The little air hole that's. Yeah, the the hole in the center on the uh, on the end of it. Uh, I would say about four and a half inches. It is two point seven inches on average. It's really small. It is incredibly small. They should make them bigger. That way, you can blow more water out when you're in the pool. That was so fun doing that. That was a good time. Yeah. They should make them shorter, too. But no. You don't think so? No. no. Always bigger. Okay. You know, smaller sometimes get the job done. No, they really don't. Sometimes <laughs> if it's too big, it gets in the way. I mean, that was the computer giving an update message. It, it, it's, a, it's a message from HR. Oh, there's another one. It says, stop making allusions to your penises. We shall do this. We, we, we're going to have to, guys. HR said we have to. Sorry. But anyway... Pool noodles are made from a polyeth poly polyeth polyethylene type of foam. And that's pretty bad for the environment, don't you think? I have no idea what polyethylene is. I couldn't say. It's the stuff pool noodles are made out of. Oh, is it bad for the environment? I guess so. It seems like it would be. I thought you were reading something off your notes that said it was bad for the environment. <laughs> yeah, there's a I, I wrote right here environmental impact. You actually did. I'm I did. surprised. I thought I was joking. <laughs> you yeah. actually did have an environment. Yeah, it, it says right here environmental impact, and then it just doesn't say anything else. So we're going to assume that the pool noodle might negatively affect the environment. Pool noodles are the leading cause of global warming. We can all agree. So what you're saying is the way to solve global warming, we figured it out right here on Lessons with Mike. Just ban pool noodles. Honestly? And the planet is saved. Okay, unless. There's like a million pool noodles every year that go out into like different little dollar stores every time. Everyone who like has a pool has pool noodles. We don't reuse the same ones. That is a lot of material when you think about it. Well, what if you just made a reusable pool noodle that lasted year after year? Instead of making made of that polyethylene thing. I think they make are it... reusable. People just don't reuse them. That's so sad. I also think, thought it was weird because I've never seen someone go into a store and purchase pool noodles. But not everyone has the, them. Not in the quantity that they sell them. Because they always have a big box that's like 50 pool noodles. I've never seen anyone actually purchase them and the box is always full. Maybe it's just like a marketing <laughs> trick. Like they, You know how um, if they want to make it look like a product is doing well, they just won't have it in the stores? In reality, oh. like this is a thing soda companies used to do. They would take the competing soda and move it to the back so no one would see it, and then no one would buy it because no one saw it. And that would artificially decrease the sales numbers. Okay, so it's like Blockbuster when they shut down all their stores. It was to make it seem like VHS was just really popular. Exactly, because as we all know, VHS is the one true way to consume any piece of media. Yes, it's the only way. I regularly read the Bible on VHS. Is there a Bible? VHS. Well, there has to be. There ha 100%. And by read it, I mean I put in a DVD, or not a DVD, I put a V. <laughs> you put in the round VHS. I, I put in the square one. You put in, no, 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 you put in the one that kind of looks like a pancake on that VHS. The VHS yeah. 2. The, the, the sequel. sequel. <laughs> the sequel. Oh, man. But anyway, transition. Oh. That was a great transition.
I agree. With, is there going to be music that actually transitions? Yeah, it's going to be really cool. I'm going to okay. use like public domain music that's free and really easy. Oh, to oh yes, like Limp Biscuit. Limp Biscuit. I don't think that's public domain. It should be by now. Oh. You know what is public domain? What? The pool noodle itself. Oh. Anyone can just make pool noodles. Oh, yes. Really? Why is that? Well, we're going to get into that now with two guys. Both of them claim to this day that they are the rightful inventor of the pool noodle. But which one is it? We're going to talk about that today. The two guys are Steve Hartman and Rick Coaster. Oh, these sound like Canadian names. They are Canadians. So they have an epic fight. There's gun violence. There's mafia calls. One of them puts a hit on the other. There's a tiger at one point. It's crazy, really. I didn't know any of this. I did know about the two men because I did my Wikipedia search, but I did not know about a tiger fight and a hitman. And what Landon doesn't know is I made all of that up. Oh, okay. Because I did not do that more yeah. research than a quick Wikipedia no, th search. There's no exciting tiger fight. Oh, okay. But let's go into a background of some of these men and you can tell me who you're rooting for. Okay. First up, we have Steve. Steve is the CEO of Industrial Thermal Polymers. I said that wrong. We're going to try that again. The CEO of Industrial Thermal Polymers. I think polymer. Polymers. Polymers. We're going to try again. It's the CEO of a company known as Industrial Thermal... Th 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 you say it. <laughs> right there. Steve Hartman, CEO of Industrial Thermal Polymers. That was really good. You should consider going into voice acting. Uh, I'm just going to do... Uh, as ASMR stuff, you know. For the rest of this podcast, oh. I'd like you to speak in an ASMR voice. That was disturbing. I, I like that to stop. <laughs> <laughs> if there are slurping noises, it's not ASMR. Okay, that's what I've learned from YouTube. But anyway, Steve said that he has already been making the pool noodles for other uses in pools, such as insulation. And you had been talking to me earlier about how they, had, they existed, they had just been used for other things. So he just one day thought it would be fun if you took one in the pool. So he did that and made them. But here's the thing about Steve. He has no records of no business invoices. And when they asked him, Steve, what were the first stores you started selling to? His response was, well, I don't know, man. That was like 30 years ago. How do you expect me to remember that? I think I believe this man. <laughs> I, I haven't heard the other guy's story yet. But what? he owns this company that creates this stuff. I believe he would have jumped in a pool using it. <laughs> I, I have strong reason to believe that the man who works with this stuff daily is probably very quick to find out secondary uses for it. It's like the inventor of coffee. Hmm, I wonder what would happen if I got into a pool with this. Also, he's a CEO. They would never lie to us. Yeah, CEOs are the most trustworthy people ever, especially someone who we are definitely not going to eat, someone who definitely did not threaten my life, to walk back the previous comments I made about eating them. Definitely didn't happen. Thank you, Zachary Quinto. Yes, thank anyway. you for being here. But So we're going to go take a break from Steve's story and go to Rick's story. So Rick's kids were competitive swimmers, so he was constantly inventing ways, thinking of ways to help them swim better. So the kids inspired him to make pool toys. His first prototype was similar to a pool noodle, only it was a snake. It was a snake in design, and it had a snake head, and it had spots and stripes taped onto it. And this is the interesting part. In 1986, one of his first sellers was interviewed, and, they, and uh, 
they said, who do you remember selling first? And he's like, oh, I remember Rick's snake stuff. And at the time, I had never seen anything like it. The other pool noodles, I don't remember seeing them that early. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Rick has invoices. He has records, business receipts from this time period. And the other guy, Steve, does not have any of those to back up these claims. Oh, I don't think I can go with Rick, though. Why not? My issue with Rick is he has two kids that were competitive swimmers. How shitty were your kids at this competitive swimming that you had to go out and invent a toy that would help them float on the water? <laughs> they must not have been good swimmers. They were very good, I'm assuming. You were watching your kids swim, and you were like, hey, how can I keep them from sinking to the bottom? <laughs> All right, listen, little Johnny. If you want to make it in the top 15 out of 15, <laughs> we're going to need to learn how to not sink. You see all those other kids? You see that kid who came in last who finished? Let's, let's go for that. Let's... Our goal for this year is to get you to finish the race without having to call a paramedic. Our goal is for me to not have to come from the stands, jump in the water, and pull you out. Here's a noodle. It floats. <laughs> Just take this with you, and hopefully you'll finish. I got it from Steve Hartman. <laughs> oh. I got it from a store. Where else would you get that material? So this is the interesting part. This next section is going to be about their temporarily alliance where they work together to sell pool noodles. Oh, Do you know about that? No, it sounds romantic. This was only for like a few months. It didn't last very long. Similar to your relationship with Courtney. So, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to call you out on that one. So, essentially, they both had two different like business models. One said they invented something, the other said they did. And then they come together, they find out they have a lot in common, they work together and say Christmas. Um, I don't think Canadians believe in Jesus, so I don't know about that. I don't know if religion and where you're from necessarily go hand in hand, but yes. We'll have to ask Skye, who was also going to be on this podcast later, if she believes in Jesus, and because she's from Canada, and then we'll know for sure. Because as we all know, one person is completely representative of their entire country. Yeah, absolutely. That's why Osama bin Laden represents Iraq, George Bush represents America. Um, Give me a third Bush. Yeah, is George he still Bush. alive? I don't know, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's still alive. He said something really stupid the other day. He was like, this invasion- He's probably alive then. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him yesterday. He's, he might be dead. Well, he could have died since we started recording. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah, people die quite frequently. Oh, yeah, let's uh, record the death of a president where we hypothesize if he's dead or not. Because now if it happens... We're going to look really guilty. <laughs> it looks really bad on us, but now we have a alibi. We were here recording this. I would like the record to state that I do not think George Bush should be dead right now. I think he's alive right now, and he should be. I've never met him, so I can't say. He could be a really nice guy. He could be. My favorite George Bush quote, I believe that human beings and fish can coexist peacefully. It's a real quote. Like, in the same house? <laughs> or? <laughs> you know, he was very progressive because he was against gay marriage, but interspecies marriage, he really fought for that. Did he really? No. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, I could believe that. I had trouble believing that, uh, you know, these two men, you know, which one uh, invented the pool noodle, but George Bush for interspecies marriage, I could believe. Well, hey, let me tell you something. We know George Bush did not invent the pool noodle. Is this a fact? I, I think it is a fact. Okay. Because look at the 1980s. I believe George Bush was like a kid at that time period and drinking a lot because I, I watched a video about him uh, where 
in when he was a kid in college, he drank a lot. So I'm assuming that's true. Oh, okay. So George Bush drank a lot, and that's the history of pool noodles. Oh, no, the pool noodles. <laughs> okay, you were saying, sorry. Yes, okay. So this is when they worked together. Coster went up to ITP, the Industrial Thermal Polymers. Was I good on that one? Did I get it right? Industrial Thermal Polymers. Industrial yes. Thermal Polymers. You said polymers one time, and then after that, you messed up the word thermal like six times. So and thermal was the one I thought you were going to be really strong at. <laughs> I got the industrial every time. Oh, yeah. I said that one, like the industrial thermal polymers. Yes, except it started off with like you would get one, two words perfect. So industrial thermal <laughs> polymers or industrial. <laughs> industrial. The industrials. <laughs> that sounds like a type of piercing. Hey, Sally, I'm going to go to the store and get my industrial pierced. <laughs> so two men came together. Yes, yes. Not in the sexual way, but in the business way. That we know. Well, they might. I, I doubt it because back then, uh, I don't know. I, I'm assuming they both had wives and families. I think it'd be pretty weird if they did. Oh, well, I mean, people can still, you know. Is, is that what you sound like when you have sex? That's exactly. That's how I finished. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Me, on the other hand, you ever heard of... Uh, the opening song from The Lion King? Yes. That's that's me, exactly. That exact sentence. That song. <laughs> I, I get perfect pitch and everything. The entire three and a half minute song. That's how long it takes me to finish. <laughs> that's actually pretty good. I would be jealous of that. <laughs> hey, you're working your way up. You're 30, so we just got another message from AR. Or not AR, uh, HR. AR isn't a real thing. AR? AR-15. AR oh, no, no, no. We're talking about guns uh, with Joseph on the next episode. Oh, I don't know anything about them. You have shot them several times. Yes. Doesn't mean I go and Google them. <laughs> anyway, so Coster walks up to Steve and he's like, hey, I want you to mass produce my water woggles. And Steve was like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. And then... So that sentence is exactly how that conversation went. I want you to produce my water woggles, hearing those words. And he said, yes. <laughs> if someone walked up to you Imagine you have lots of money. I do have lots of money. I can tell by this wonderfully insulated room. I had at least $6. You were just, they call you the mermaid because you're swimming in money. Yes. <laughs> but anyway. So they worked together a few months, and then this is where it gets interesting. Coster says a store lowballed him to sell his water woggles. He's like, they offered me too low of a price. I just couldn't accept it. And then he says he saw in the IP, ITP company a case of the pool noodles, and he thought, these look just like my water woggles, and then he quit. That's the extent to how far he... That was his resolve. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, he quit the company. Wait, Steve quit or no, Rick quit? Rick quit. So Steve continued to produce water Steve, woggles. Steve's the CEO of the pool noodle ITP company, and Rick is the one with the woggles. Okay, so the uh, ITP company. That's the they CEO produce, guy. They produce those thermal polymers. Yes. Is it just the material or do they produce it in specific forms? And then they just have a separate division where they add colors and they're like, oh, yes. you can put this in a pool. Yes, I'm getting to that. So, oh, I didn't know that. Sorry. It's okay. Yeah. So it started off just like an insulation thing, but he to market it, you know, they did different colors, bright colors. I'm sure many of you are familiar with the psychological aspects of color theory and the Eastern religious aspects involving colors as well. Landon's a, a scholar on these matters, so he has a lot to say about that, I'm sure. I'll, I'll let him take the floor. Oh, yes, uh, because uh, the color yellow is meant to make you happy. The color red is supposed to make you hungry. 
the color blue is supposed to give you the power of flight. And so uh, hold on a minute. <laughs> you are currently wearing a blue shirt. Yes. So if we climbed up to the roof of this building, yes, and I pushed you off, yes, you would fly. Yes. Now that's the problem though. It doesn't give me the power of climbing. So getting to some high place is going to be much more difficult. I'd have to put on green for those kind of things. Oh, well, by the time we got there, you wouldn't be in your blue shirt. Exactly. So we'd have to go back down and get it, but then you wouldn't be in your green shirt. Haven't you always wondered why people always wear blue jeans and there has never been a death from someone falling wearing blue jeans? I feel like that is not true. That is 100% true. You can Google it. <laughs> anyway, so whose side are you on? Steve or Rick? Uh, I'm going to go with Steve. Rick did not have any kind of conviction to stick with his own, with what he claims was his idea because his kids were shitty swimmers. <laughs> so anyway, this is what Steve says. Steve says that he was definitely selling first, and he says that Coster left the company because he found out they were already selling noodles, and he said that Steve, Steve said his noodles looked nothing like whatever Coster was selling. He thought they were weird, what Coster was selling. They looked more snake-like. They had little snake heads and they had little dots and stripes taped to them. So all he did was take like Steve's, Steve, Steve Buscemi and uh, Rick last name. So Rick was saying that, uh, or I'm sorry, Steve was showing that Rick only took his idea and added little like gadgets to it. Pretty like, much. That's what Steve was saying. Yeah, Steve was saying there's no similarities with them at all. What is Rick's profession outside of the how was he supplying, like getting supplies and things like that? I don't know. I'm just curious if he was like, you know, a front desk clerk somewhere. or <laughs> Maybe he works at McDonald's. No. I mean, I don't This yeah, is the history curious. of pool noodles, not the history of Rick. That'll be next week. Go we'll on. talk Talks about with Mike. We'll talk about the history of the name Rick, the etymological origins of the word, the, the country it originated from, um, and, and Rick and Morty, the show based off the name Rick. We're going to go over every Rick that has ever existed. Okay, I'll start. Uh, Rick from Rick and Morty. Uh, Rick from The Walking Dead. I don't know that one. I'm still trying to come up with a Rick. Um, um, Rick, 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 Rick. Is Rick James, is that a real name, or did I just make that it up? It probably. It sounds like someone who was on Disney Channel where they had the little wand. I'm Rick. <laughs> and you're watching Disney Channel. For those of you who can't see, Landon just waved his arm in the air, similar to the Disney Channel motion. Also, I keep forgetting not to whisper, so you may not have even heard half of what I said at the end of it saying, Rick, I, and then whispered. I, I really hope the audio is going to turn out okay. But anyway, let's, uh, let's get to what Rick's side of the story is. Another letter from HR. This one says... We've lost a lot of viewers since you've stopped talking about your penis. Bring that back. We've lost viewers. Yeah, we've lost this viewers. This is live? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> so update, it turns out this is not live. Um, it also turns out all those messages we thought were from HR were really from a scammer. And it probably wasn't the best of ideas to give him our credit card information. But before we resolve that, we have a duty to you guys, the listeners, to finish the pool noodle history. Isn't that right? Yes, I'm out $4,000, but this, this is priority at the moment. That is correct. I have to sneeze. Talk while I... Oh, okay. Hi, I'm Landon. Uh, I'm about 5'10". I'm single, ladies. And uh... I have good news, guys. I actually was able to go back. I ran outside. I grabbed my nose really hard. I swallowed my own sneeze. Isn't that incredible? That was pretty impressive that you made no noise. I wondered why you came back. <laughs> but anyway, um, 
So back to the conclusion of the pool noodle fight. So Coster tried to sue Hartman for stealing his pool noodle idea. And then he dropped the lawsuit pretty quickly. And he said, um, yeah, I dropped the lawsuit because lawsuits are expensive. I don't have that kind of money. And then Hartman came back and said, nope, the reason he dropped the suit is because he knew he was wrong. And then he ran away. So <laughs> how much did the lawsuit go for? It never got that far. Oh, it did. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought he was being sued. No, Coster sued this guy. Coster sued Hartman. Which one is Steve? Steve. Rick, Rick sued Steve. Oh, Steve is the CEO. Yeah. Rick doesn't have the money. Yeah, Rick does not have CEO kind of money. He spent all that money trying to make his kids float. <laughs> You'll float too. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. But um, in conclusion, none of this actually matters because, as we said earlier, pool noodles are in the public domain, as far as I'm aware. Anyone, we could, there's nothing stopping me and you from making our own pool noodle company. We should. What that would we, explain why they're in dollar stores, though. What, what would we, ours would actually be in the 50 cent store. Oh. We'll okay. have to invent a new store, the 50 cent store. What if we make our pool noodles different? How so? We reinvent the pool noodle. Well, right now, they're putting them all in, like, you know, cylinders and things of that nature. What if all our pool noodles are just, pool noodles are just spheres? That's just a ball. Yes. Balls, it's a pool ball. Balls already exist. Well, <laughs> okay, fine. Ours are cubes. Cubes. There's not a pool noodle cube. A pool cube. How, yes. How does the pool cube work? You put it in the pool and it floats and it makes all the other kids at your neighborhood jealous. There you got silly little noodles. And you have a cube. Or balls. I feel like if I had to choose between a pool cube, a pool sphere, or a pool noodle, if I was drowning, let's I'm off the coast of an island in the middle of the ocean. And all you have is a pool noodle. No, all I have is one of those three. I'm picking the pool noodle. Do you select it like you're in a video game? Like, you're drowning. Quick, choose A, B, or C. Do you want poodle, pool noodle, pool spear, or pool cube? So you're drowning, and then Jesus Christ appears to you. Is that how he walked on water? Pool noodle. Yes, that's how he did it. He was ahead of his time. He was. Plot twist. Jesus was the real inventor of the pool noodle. As we said, unfortunately, Canadians don't believe in Jesus, or they would have known that, exactly. and they would have realized they weren't the inventors of the pool noodle. See, I love it when we make callbacks. Yes, all it all—it's it, all one. It's all cyclical, really. It is. It is one pool sphere. No, no. It's, well, look, think about it. You're being attacked by sharks. What's okay. a sphere gonna do? You throw it once, then you don't have. It. What's a noodle gonna you do? You can whack them with it repeatedly. You can whack them with a sphere. You cannot whack. It them. doesn't have a good handle. No. Okay, what I'm thinking individual shapes. What if pool sphere at the end of pool noodle? So it's kind of like a mace. A pool mace? Yes. That's a good idea. And cube at the other end, just for decoration. Also gives you a counterweight, because if the one end's really heavy, the other end's light, it makes it difficult to just swing around. That's fun. I, I loved it because as a kid, I used to smack my brother. We would beat the crap out of each other with pool noodles. It was so fun. I never hit someone with a pool noodle, I think. It's really fun. I just used to do the little thing where you put it under between your legs, pull it over your shoulder, and then shoot water out of it. I would try to, uh, it was like a strength test, I guess. I would try to bring the pool noodle underwater with me and see how deep I could take it. Oh, yeah. And see how long I could hold it down there before you know, it went back up. I always got to like the, at my grandpa's pool, uh, I always got down to the bottom of the 10 foot. Why do they not make pools more than like five feet deep anymore in public areas? I have never been to a public pool that was taller than me in my adult life. And I'm about six feet. Same. But as a kid, I remember they used to have like 10 foot pools, 10 foot in. in like that was areas? the big thing. Yeah. 
I know community pools, the pool in the town we live in, or the town we used to live in, um, they have a pool. Last time I went, it was pretty deep. There was a deep side to it. Hmm. Did you also, as a child, swim to the bottom of the pool and stay down there for as long as you could just to see if anyone would come to check on you? No. Okay, I, never mind then. I floated on my belly so that way I could appear dead to see if anyone would come to check oh, on me. Oh, we had different mentalities. Yeah, about how to go we about both it. had the same idea. We just, uh, it was like uh, the left brain, right brain thing. Yeah, you said top of the water because that's where a dead body would actually go. And yeah. I said bottom of the water because I'm a child and I don't know where dead bodies go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well this was a good time talking about uh pool noodles and their history yes I, a lot. Uh, I thought they were a lot older than they were and uh i wish there was more drama about the pool noodles but uh i don't know i like their little romantic you know he says she says kind of thing back and forth little romantic tango between steve and what's his face rick rick we met, we had a whole thing. We talked about Rick's, and I forgot Rick's name. Yeah, you couldn't even name a single Rick. No, I couldn't. I didn't get a single Rick out there. That's, that's all right. We'll think about it. And so this was really fun doing this with you. It was. It was a good time. And before we cut off, here is Mike's sign off that he has done for every episode. I hadn't planned on signing off yet. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I had a few more things I wanted to talk. You about. reached for a mouse. I thought you were about to click. <laughs> Maybe I was. I don't know. But anyway. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to semi-impose your face over a mountain. Oh, yes. For the uh, cover art of this podcast. So we'll be just like Mount Rushmore. Yeah, in a way. Just you and me, faces on a mountain. In, Speaking in a of the mountain. <laughs> yeah, do you remember this book, The Mountain Can Wait, that you read to me while I was working? I really didn't like that book. It was a great book. It was more, probably the worst thing I've ever read. It was a book that was entirely focused on describing the scenery and then not describing what was actually happening with the people in the story. I remember, yeah, because you were working, doing something. And I, this was back when all I used to do was read constantly. And I would be, Landon would call me, I would read the book to him while he would work. And it was really cute, honestly, what we had going on back then. Yeah, I couldn't afford audiobooks, so I just called Mike, and while he was reading, I'd be like, okay, just read out loud, and I'll keep my headphones on, keep the phone on, and we'll just, you know, have a little chat, sort of, except I won't say anything. <laughs> Landon would occasionally make grunts and noises, but I imagine those were from external factors and not me reading the book. Yes. Uh, I do remember the end of The Mountain Can Wait, though, and in the entirety of The Mountain Can Wait, at no point do they say... The mountain can wait. It's a real missed opportunity. The book ends with the mountain would wait or something like that. It's something stupid. Uh, it was something that was close to the title of the book, but they just didn't use the title of the book, I, even though they could have. I think it was like, she would go to the mountain later. I think that was what it was. <laughs> or something like that. I'm actually going to download the PDF real quick that I have on my phone saved. And... Uh, like, I don't have a PDF. I'm just going to see if I can find it real quick, and we'll come back and tell you. Okay, so I looked. I don't have a PDF of The Mountain Can Wait. I was wrong. I have a physical copy of the book, The Mountain Can Wait, that I purchased at a Dollar Tree location approximately three years ago. Um, the one problem is this book is not on my person, nor is it at my house. It is currently residing in a box in a basement where Grandma lives. And unfortunately, I do not have the time to go over to Grandma's house, pick up the box, sort through this box for this book, and then bring it back here just to find out what the last line says. I'm that sorry to disappoint you. 
So uh, when you say grandma's house, whose grandma? Is this your grandmother? It's my grandmother. Okay, yes. gotcha. Whose grandmother? I was going to say, my grandmother's not that far away. We have time. Why would it be at your grandmother's house? I don't know. She's a grown woman. She I, can make her own choices. I've never met her. Hmm? <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean? I was implying that my grandmother sleeps around, but it, it was hard that, to convey that. That's such that. a rude thing to imply. Like I said, she's a grown woman. She can make her own choices. Why I don't slut shame. Okay. Okay. On that note, we're going to end Lessons with Mike episode five. I'm going to actually have to add an explicit warning to this one because we said the words, uh, we said bad words and talked about penises. Yes. Also, if this, if this show ever becomes in any way popular, famous, or like gets more than a hundred viewers, please don't tell my grandma. Oh no, your grandma will be the first one I send this to. <laughs> oh, okay. She gets a personal copy. Completely irrelevant. How old is your grandmother? A uh, hundred. A hundred? No, that's not can't, 100, that can't be right. A hundred no. A hundred, uh, I think she's actually turned 85. Okay, recently? well the odds of her living long enough to hear this, yeah. touch and go. We could give her a a printout and she could read it i guess because she's not gonna she's not gonna learn how to use any kind of audio medium you know how long it would take to transcript what we said i mean i imagine there's things that would automatically do it for you or it could like hire someone to do it i'll pay them like really cheap get an intern an intern how much would you pay me do i pay you for as an intern oh you're a guest you can't be an intern oh well i could be i'll just never be a guest again but i want you to be a guest again what are we going to talk about next time i feel like you'll be a popular guest we can talk about I kind of want to do an episode with you and an episode with Drew at the same time. Okay. Because I feel like your two chaotic energies would mesh really well. I don't feel like I'm chaotic. You're I'm chaotic. awful good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> You're one of the most chaotic people I know. Oh, never mind. Then. Anyway, do you have any questions about the pool noodle before we close this? Uh, yes. What is your favorite color? Pool noodle. I remember as a kid, I would have a nice green pool noodle. It was so fun to oh, play with. Okay. And what is your favorite flavor of pool noodle? What do you mean by flavor? I, exactly what I said. Did, did you eat pool noodles? I personally prefer chlorine, but that's me. There are easier ways to, you know. Oh, yes, of course. But <laughs> I don't know if I can say the word kill yourself on podcast. That's why but, we didn't say it. Yeah, I just, I made a motion of my hand over my neck. Tattoo. It was but that was implying get a neck tattoo. Yeah. You know, people with neck tattoos are often misunderstood people. I don't like neck tattoos for yeah. a specific reason. Well, they don't really mesh well. Like whenever you try to fade them in, they don't fade well into the face. Mm-hmm. Like an arm tattoo, you can kind of fade out over the hand, fade into the shoulder, or go into a body tattoo or shoulder tattoo or something. Whenever you go up to the neck, though, it, they always just kind of stop. Nobody's willing to go to Mike Tyson and get something that goes up into their face. Except for a few, very few people. There's a certain type. You either have to be already set in life one way or the other to get a face tattoo, I would think. Like, either your life in poverty and criminality is set, or your life in success and richness is already set. You don't see any middle-class accountants getting face tattoos. Yeah, but if you're set in poverty and you try to get a face tattoo, I imagine it's not going to be great work. You're going to have to go to, uh, I'll give anyone who asks nicely a face tattoo. And it will say lessons with Mike. Oh, I would love that. I'll get <laughs> lessons with Mike tattooed on my buttock. To anyone who wants to get a face tattoo that says lessons with Mike, Mike will pay for the tattoo and give you $100.
Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, I think I was going to go higher, but I was like, he's not going to give more than $100. But I think you would agree. Even with 100, 100 I had to think about it. But no, that's fair. That's fair. I'll even pitch in. I'll give 50 And let me do you one better. It doesn't even have to be the full lessons with Mike. If you just get LWM tattooed on your face. And then Mike's face beside it so that they know. <laughs> just like on all of your Instagram posts. Just and. But anyway, special thanks to our sponsors, the Coca-Cola. I don't think they... It's just like Pepsi. I feel like it's very different than Pepsi. Well, I'm trying to use brands that are never going to listen to this or try to sue you. So I hope Coca-Cola, Disney... Oh, hold on a minute. Hold on. You're a legal expert. Have I said anything that could get me litigated? I I don't deal with this type of law. But that's your job. You're a lawman. Yeah, but I, I deal with criminal law, like uh, things like drugs, guns, violence. Oh, okay. <laughs> so there have been none of those. You can see on the table, there's no cocaine. There's no drugs of any kind. There's almost no cocaine or drugs of any kind. Exactly. So I have not committed any crimes while recording this podcast. Absolutely none, to and my knowledge. There is nothing, right? Am I good? I don't know. Maybe. Anyway. Well, thanks for listening to Lessons with Mike, everyone. Special thanks to Mr. Landon for being... Today's guest, you can't see it, but he's like extending his arms like he wants a big hug. So audience, reach out, give Landon a hug. We all know he needs it. His mother hasn't hugged him since he was born. Also, special thanks to Zachary Quinto, who did have a sore throat, but was here, definitely. He has been sitting here the whole time. All right. Bye. Bye.